Hello everyone. How are you today? Welcome to Tall Tales with Alex, your gateway into a universe of adventure and discovery. It's so great to have you with me for today's journey. We're going to use our imaginations today, so get ready to think up all kinds of amazing things. Maybe you could keep using your imagination to do some drawings of our adventure today. I'd love to see what you create. To the parents, guardians and teachers, you can find me at Tall Tales Alex on Twitter and Tall Tales with Alex on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to be the first to find out when a new story has been uploaded. Now, let's dive into a world of imagination. I want you to imagine the front of a shop. It's a very tall and thin shop. The bricks are deep red. There are two big windows on either side of the front door, and in these windows are hundreds of tiny snow globes. Welcome to the magical snow globe shop of Mrs. Cardinal. Let's walk in through the front door. Mrs. Cardinal's shop has so many snow globes on so many shelves that you can't even see the back of the shop, and the shelves are so high that you can't even see the ceiling. Nobody knows where Mrs. Cardinal came from or how long the shop has been there, because the shop has been there longer than anyone's been alive. Mrs. Cardinal's snow globes are magical, and every single one is different. They're magical because as we look at them, the snow globes take us to an amazing world far away from the one we're in now. So keep your imagination going. And let's walk over to a shelf and pick up a snow globe. Wow, you've picked up an amazing snow globe there. Let's take a closer look at it. Inside this globe is a cowboy. He's got a big shiny golden badge pinned to his chest that reads "Sheriff." He's holding up a battered and tattered piece of paper that has a drawing of a tough-looking cowgirl on it. The writing on the piece of paper says. Wanted, Betty Brave Boots for horse stealing. Floating all around him are lots of tiny little grains of sand that look like they're blowing in the wind. This is the story of Sheriff Dan Doodle and his nemesis, the fiercest cowgirl in the West, Betty Brave Boots. Sheriff Dan had a big bushy beard and a wide-brimmed hat that sat so low. That his eyes only just poked out from underneath. He lived in the sleepy town of Wild Valley. Wild Valley is set deep in the middle of two huge hills, and these hills were full of all kinds of bandits and outlaws. There was young Timmy Toe Tripper, who was known for sneaking into bars and tying people's shoelaces together when they weren't looking. There was Yeehaw Sally, who would ride through the town in the middle of the night, yelling Yeehaw at the top of her lungs, waking everybody up. Wiley William the Watch Whisperer would creep up behind people, pull out their pocket watches, and wind it back by fifteen minutes, so everyone was always running fifteen minutes late. But the most well-known was Betty Brave Boots. Nobody messed with Betty. Betty would ride around the old west, stealing horses wherever she went. You wouldn't know she was coming. You wouldn't know she was near. 
but one morning you would wake up and your horses would have vanished. Gone. Puff. Disappeared. All that would be left behind was a little piece of paper that read, Do better. But what, Betty? What do you want us to do better? People would cry. Now, Wild Valley got its name because of all the weird and wacky things that happened there. Sheriff Dan had to look out for the people of Wild Valley, and that was no easy task. One time, when he was riding through the town on his trusty steed, Graham, he was greeted by Ted Funsworth Bottomley, the owner of the local shop. Ted looked extremely worried. He was waving his arms in the air and running through the street, calling, Sheriff! Sheriff! You have to help me, Sheriff! There's been a terrible crime! Sheriff Dan dismounted from his horse, walked over to him. What seems to be the problem, Ted? It's my shop! It's gone! I went down to the post office to send a package of cheese to my sister in a nearby town, but when I returned, my entire shop had completely vanished! Look! And he stretched out his arm, pointing towards an empty field. Dan was confused, but not because it's a peculiar thing for a shop to vanish, but because Ted's shop had never been where he was pointing. Uh, Ted? There's a reason why your shop isn't there. It never was. Take a look behind you. And he placed his hands on Ted's shoulders and swiveled him around to face the other way. Right in front of them was Ted's shop. Ted had simply been facing the wrong way and looking in the wrong direction all this time. My shop, cried Ted. How on earth did you find it? You're a genius, Sheriff Dan. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome to come in any time you like and help yourself to a free block of cheese. And off he walked back to his shop, but not before he tripped up, did an accidental somersault, and skidded through the front door right into a box full of cheese. This was just an ordinary day in Wild Valley. It was a particularly warm day when Sheriff Dan was woken up by the shrill cry of, Gosh darn it, what's happened to my horse? Sheriff Dan threw on his clothes and walked outside into the street to see what the commotion was. As soon as he walked outside, he noticed something strange. Where normally the street was bustling with horses and carriages, there was silence. He looked right to the very top of the street. Not a single horse. He looked down the street to his left, completely and utterly horseless. There wasn't a horse to be seen. There could only be one culprit behind this. Betty Braveboots. From down the street, Sheriff Dan could hear the sound of someone crying. He followed the sound and soon arrived at a young lady dressed in work clothes who looked like she'd ridden into town from her farm. There, there, said Dan as he patted her on the back. The young lady looked at him and said, My beautiful horse, Bertie, that beastly Betty, she took my Bertie. And she held up a piece of paper. There, written on the paper, were the words, Do better. Sheriff Dan put his fingers to his mouth and gave a large, sharp whistle to call his trusty horse, Graham. But Graham didn't come. Once more, Sheriff Dan blew a whistle. He listened close for the sound of hooves galloping towards him, but the sound never came. Betty Braveboots had even stolen the sheriff's horse. Dan turned around and made his way back to the sheriff's office to find his deputy, Fred Mackerel. Sheriff Dan threw open the doors to the office and strolled in to find Deputy Fred fast asleep at his desk. Deputy Fred Mackerel, 
he yelled. Fred jumped out of his seat, startled. He jumped so high that he hit his head on the light hanging down from the ceiling. Fred was a bit shorter than Sheriff Dan and had a little moustache that curled up on either side. He wore a little bowler hat and had a pocket watch that he liked to polish and shine. This is no time to be sleeping on the job. That fiend Betty has been through Wild Valley in the night and stolen all the town's horses. We've got to get after her. Fred picked up his hat from the table and plonked it on his head. I know just where we can find her. She's camped out in the hills just north of the town. We can ride there now, said Fred. Sheriff Dan looked at him, shaking his head. Didn't you hear what I said? She's taking our horses. We can't ride anywhere. We're going to have to find another way of getting there. The two stood for a moment, Dan stroking his bushy beard and Fred twiddling his moustache, thinking about how they were going to get to the hills where Betty was camped. I know, Fred cried. Follow me. And he bolted out of the sheriff's office so fast that Dan was barely able to keep up. They ran down the street to the house where Fred lived. Sheriff Dan caught up, panting and out of breath, and said, Gosh, Fred, you sure can run fast. Fred led Dan into his home and walked around from room to room looking for something. Finally, he pointed to the corner of the room and declared, There! My cat! Mrs. Muggins! Maybe we could put a saddle on her and ride her up into the hills! Sheriff Dan stood and blinked slowly, then put his head in his hands. How on earth are we supposed to ride a cat? he asked. When have you ever seen a person ride a cat? She's far too small. I'd squish her. I don't think she'll like that, and I don't fancy finding out, not with those claws. Hmm. If Mrs. Muggins won't do, I I think I know what might. Uh, Follow me. And off Fred sprinted again. He was out of the house before the sheriff could move. Dan ran after him, struggling to keep up. They arrived at the local saloon, which was a Wild West type of bar, and headed inside. Deputy Fred walked over to a tired and old-looking dog and bent down to stroke it. Before he had a chance to say anything, Sheriff Dan loudly said, Nope, no way, I am not riding a dog. Try again. With a twiddle of his moustache, Fred had another idea. He sped out of the front door. Sheriff Dan was so worn out that he couldn't keep up this time. He walked out the front door and into the street looking at the first person he saw, asking, Which way did he go? He went that way, said Gertrude, the owner of the local newspaper, towards the farm, and I hope you're going to catch that Betty Brave Boot Sheriff. We want our horses back. You better catch her, or I'll write a story in the paper about what a useless sheriff you are. Off Dan jogged in the direction of the farm to try and find Deputy Fred. When he arrived at the farm, he found Fred in a field surrounded by goats. He was stroking and petting the biggest goat of all, a large grey one that the farmer called Giant Jerry. Jerry had big horns that curled around in a big circle. How about it, Sheriff? asked Fred. Normally Sheriff Dan wouldn't even begin to consider riding a goat, but after Fred's suggestions of riding a cat and a dog, well, a goat didn't seem that bad. So he headed over to the stables, where all the farm horses should have been, and picked up a saddle, 
taking it back over to the field where all the goats were. He made his way towards Giant Jerry, holding up the saddle to place it on the goat's back. But as he got close, Jerry let out a, Ah, Fred, I've just had a thought. Jerry has horns. Doesn't that mean Jerry is a ram? Oh! Just as he finished what he was saying, Jerry began to charge at the sheriff, head lowered, ready to butt. Dan turned tail, ran as fast as he could in the opposite direction, but he wasn't fast enough. Giant Jerry came up behind Sheriff Dan and headbutted him right on the bottom, which flipped Dan right over the fence and into a pile of mud. Nope, definitely not. There's no way I'm going to try and ride a ram, said Dan, cleaning off the mud. We better think of something else. Deputy Fred pointed over to the field next door, which was full of cows. That's a much better idea, said Dan. Cows are much bigger than cats, dogs, and goats. I think this might be your best idea yet, Fred. So Sheriff Dan took a good long look at all the cows. He'd just been caught out by a charging goat, so he definitely didn't want to mistake a cow for a bull. When he was certain there wasn't a single bull in the field, he climbed over the fence and made his way to the kindest-looking cow he could see. He made sure to move slowly so he didn't make it nervous. He gave it a soft stroke along its back and carefully placed the saddle down. The cow didn't move or make a fuss. It remained calm. So Sheriff Dan carefully climbed up onto the saddle and onto the back of the cow. Success! He looked over to Deputy Fred, put his thumb in the air and said, We did it, Fred! Good job! Now let's ride into those hills and find Betty Brave Boots. But nothing happened. Giddy up! shouted Sheriff Dan. The cow let out a low, and stayed completely still. Come on, cow! Let's go! Giddy up! But the cow simply refused to move. Dan needed the cow to be calm to climb on its back. But this cow was just far too calm to ride. Right, that's it, sighed Sheriff Dan, sliding off the back of the cow and removing the saddle. We're never going to find a way to ride up into the hills and catch Betty before she moves on to another town. Uh, Don't give up now, Sheriff. There has to be an answer, called Deputy Fred as he ran over to Dan. And as Dan watched his deputy run, a thought suddenly came to him. That's it. I've got it. All day I've been running around trying to catch up with you, Fred. You're the fastest man in town. As far as I can tell, you're almost as fast as any horse in town. Turn around and let me climb on your back. And so Deputy Fred bent over and Sheriff Dan climbed aboard. Giddy up, Deputy. Let's go catch us a horse thief. And off they ran. Fast as lightning, they sprinted through the farm and out into the hillside. They galloped through field after field, over hills and through streams, Sheriff Dan on Deputy Fred's back, and every now and then he let out a yee-haw. Eventually, they arrived at the area where Betty Braveboots was known to be hiding. Sheriff Dan dismounted from Deputy Fred's back, and the two of them slowly made their way through the bushes. They could hear the sound of someone laughing and horses neighing. They pushed the bushes apart and peered through. What do you think they saw? Betty Brave Boots and all the horses from town. But all the horses looked happy. They looked happier than they'd ever looked in town. 
Sheriff Dan stepped out of the bush and yelled, Freeze! Put your hands in the air! Your days of stealing horses are over, Betty Brave Boots! But Betty didn't put her hands in the air. She just turned around and smiled. Hello, Sheriff. I wondered how long it would take for you to find me. I suppose you think you're going to take me back to Wild Valley and lock me up in a prison cell, but I have to say, I have other plans. I'm not going anywhere. But, but, but I'm, I'm the sheriff. You have to come with me. That's what the bad guys do. When I catch them, they give up, they put their hands in the air, and then I take them to jail. But do I really look like a bad guy, Sheriff? Asked Betty. Take a look around you. Do these horses really look like they don't want to be here? They're happy. Your horses were unhappy, Sheriff. I didn't steal them. I just untied them and let them come with me. That's what I do in every town. Sheriff Dan looked at the horses. He couldn't argue. Each and every horse looked happy and content. Did you never wonder what the notes I left behind meant? The ones that said, Do better? They were a message to y'all telling you that you need to look after your horses better. You ride them all across the hillsides, then you tie them up in the street and leave them outside. Not a single horse had water or food to eat, while the people of Wild Valley were in restaurants or saloons filling their bellies. These horses just need a little bit of care and attention. We need these horses. We're cowboys and cowgirls. So we should just learn to show them how grateful we are and give them a little more love. Sheriff Dan was speechless. He wanted to arrest Betty, but everything she said made sense. And she was starting to not look so bad after all. In fact, she seemed rather good. You know what, Betty? You're right. We need these horses. And for too long, we've not said thank you or shown them how much they mean to us. The more I think about it, the more I worry that I might be the bad guy here. You've made these horses happy when the people of Wild Valley have just made them sad. Sheriff Dan took off his hat and put his hand on his chest. I would like to try and make it up to these horses. If you want, you can take them with you. But I would like to take them back with me to Wild Valley and show the people of the town just how sad they've made these horses, and we can apologize to them and make it up to them by looking after them properly and giving them lovely big bags of feed, stroking their fur, telling them how grateful we are. We would like to do better. Betty nodded slowly, and a big smile went across her face. Sheriff, that's exactly what I've been looking for all this time. Of all the towns I've freed horses from, you're the first sheriff to understand where you've been going wrong. But all it takes is one sheriff to show everyone the way, and hopefully other towns will follow. I'll let you take these horses back with you, and I trust you and the people of Wild Valley will look after them properly. There's some saddles over there, so you can ride a couple of the horses back to town. But Sheriff Dan Doodle put his hand on his deputy's shoulder and said, No need, Miss Betty. I've got my trusty steed right here and he's as fast as any horse in the Wild West. Deputy Fred looked at Dan and said, But you need to buy me a sandwich when we get back, and you need to say thank you. Of course, said Dan. I get you the biggest sandwich we can find. 
And so Sheriff Dan Doodle mounted the back of his deputy, Fred Mackerel, and the two of them galloped through the hills, leading all the horses to the town of Wild Valley, where they were greeted by the grateful townsfolk. Dan told them all what Betty had taught him. He showed them the error of their ways, and everyone understood and agreed that they needed to take much better care of their horses in future. Wild Valley became known as the kindest town in the West. As news of their kindness spread, more and more towns decided that they wanted to be kinder to their horses too. And so kindness spread across the whole of the Wild West. And it all started with Betty Brave Boots and the lesson she taught Sheriff Dan Doodle. Her mission was complete, as all across the land, people did better. Thank you so much for joining me on that adventure. What was your favourite part of the story? Who was your favourite character? Maybe you could use your imagination to draw something. I'd love to see what you make. Maybe you could even write a story of your own. If you're enjoying Tall Tales with Alex, don't forget to tell your friends about it. It would be amazing to share these journeys with even more children. There's loads more adventures to go on. So don't forget to subscribe and follow to be the first to find out when a new story is ready to listen to. Parents, guardians and teachers, you can find me at Tall Tales Alex on Twitter and Tall Tales with Alex on Instagram. I'm already looking forward to our next adventure. See you then.